Don't believe his lies. Not my words, the words of Michael Flaherty about his Vegas escapades at Swinging Richards. Guys, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's just struggling to remember where it all went wrong. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I am joined by Christopher Nolan's best friend. It's Michael Flaherty. Hey, I just I just remember I just remember the days when it was you, me, and uh C Knowles, as we know him, over in Swingin' Richards in Vegas, you know. It's <clears throat> I just you know what I feel like it's just one night in Vegas and you just bump your head and you just you're you start remember you start becoming an amnesiac. I swear. I swear, man. It's just it's just rough out here. The streets aren't kind. Ah, uh, yes. The day uh back in the days when you and me, some college nitwits, going to hang out with a with a forty something, fifty something year old uh, British man at a strip Yay. club called Swingin' Richards. That sounds Absolutely. like a Friday night to me. Hell yeah, you, me, Seanols. Let's we we just just chilling. Seanols, if you're listening, man, come on the podcast. We'd uh, we'd love to have you. Love to reminisce I about just, our time at Swinging Richards. I I just want I just want enough people to like refer to Christopher Nolan as Seanols for him to eventually <laughs> have to come out on Twitter or on like on like fucking Graham Norton or whatever whatever news source the Brits use and just be like I am referred to as Christopher Nolan and nothing else. <laughs> Well, guys, today we are talking. The me and Mike were talking about this earlier. We're, we're kind of in like a, a bit of a hangover period from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre month. Mm-hmm. And what 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 do we decide we're going to call this? Because we talked about Drive last week with Daddy, uh, sorry, Ryan Gosling, and um, <laughs> now we're talking about um, we're talking about Memento, directed by Christopher Nolan. What what do we call this? It's like our hang. We're talking about good movies. Is it? I, I want to say it's like the mess up at midnight, like hangover, or the mess up at midnight morning after. Morning after pill, guys. I don't know. You, you got, you guys, let us know. You know, I was like, yeah, it's we, we're, we're taking, we're taking too much charge in this relationship. We gotta, we gotta take the reins off a little bit. Let, let nature take its course. It's, it's give and take, guys. Like we give to y'all, and then y'all, you know. <laughs> Subscribe to Mike's OnlyFans. I don't, I don't fucking know. Y'all, y'all give back to us by like liking, commenting, and subscribing on our YouTube channel. It's, a lo- it's uh, yeah. My OnlyFans is actually it's actually it's I actually utilize OnlyFans the way it was originally intentioned, where it's just we're just someone who really cares about their craft and chooses to, ha- to develop a more deeper relationship with their audience. And I also and I also show my feet. It's like making. It's just like you're cutting up vegetables, but with your feet. But we're getting sidetracked, Mike. We're getting <laughs> sidetracked. We're talking about a very important movie here, guys. Wolfgang and Bruce I was, Knuckle. Not, not. No, we're not talking about that movie. That that's that's for another podcast on another day when we're much more intoxicated. <laughs> we're, we're much drunker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. 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 So this is a very important film for movie fans, and of course that is the mm-hmm. movie Memento. Um, starring Guy Pierce, directed by Christopher Nolan. This is a very important film, so much so that Memento has a place in the National Film Registry, and it's the first narrative film of the 21st century um, to be on this list of highly, you know, highly influential films. Mm-hmm. It was the first. It was also. I was going to say this. It was the first narrative film of the 21st century to be on that list, and this also means that 
this movie shares a similar cultural significance as Shrek does, which that oh, just God. makes me happy. <laughs> it's, you can look it's this too, up. This it's, Shrek and this movie are on the national the uh, National Film Registry. That's I just love. It's two sides of a very confusing coin, where it's on one hand you have a really intricate story about a guy trying to find find out find out how his wife died and the other stars all star by smash mouth and i gotta say we both know which one's more of a banger baby (laughs) and i gotta say one of them stars the 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 lead singer of a band who went on a drunken rant at a wine festival so Getting getting past that note, um, getting more into like the nitty gritty of this movie. So Memento is based off of Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother, short story called Memento Mori. And this whole film really shows how important editing and story structure are. Now, if you put this movie in like chronological order, you know, you, you just it's like it's a whole lot different. Like this one's like a mystery. We're trying to figure out, okay, what you know, what's going on here? We see the ending of what the what's supposed to be the ending of the movie, and then we're cutting back and forth, trying to figure, like come into the middle of the movie where things kind of begin to get revealed, and you're like, oh shit, that that's a fucking. We're we're going along with our main character, but if you put this movie in chronological order, you see the tale of a deeply disturbed man using his mental handicap to wreak vengeance on an entire town all based of off of what he wrote on the back of some polaroids it's it's very funny because you initially watch it and you are encapsulated by the masterful storytelling that takes place mm-hmm. you watch it for a second time and it is just it is just a it is just a guy just just terrorizing a very specific niche group of men <laughs> it's 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 very it's a very different movie when you got when you got to when you got when you when you bring your eyes back around to it yeah it's it's don't and by the way guys we're we're joking on we we want you to go see this movie this is oh yeah we we talked mm-hmm. about drive last week this is another movie that's like in that filmmaker's like like i don't know like folder that you have like yeah. movies that you have to see. And this movie actually, it threw Christopher Nolan into the limelight. This was his sophomore effort. He had directed a movie called Following that he shot on weekends for like a year. And this was the one that, um, this one was the one that he followed up with. If you haven't yeah. been able to tell, this movie was told out of order. So we got two timelines and there's going to be confusion with this movie. This movie is very different. You're trying to figure out, figure it out like, like a mystery, and you can really have a good conversation about the nature of some of these characters. Um, like, is Lenny a bad guy? What's Teddy's deal? This is all just one big subjective movie, and that's what makes it so wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's fantastic. It's fantastic because I feel like this is a good natural progression of drive in a lot of ways. It in 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 a way that that this movie sort of it has a very similar sort of 
not aesthetic, but it has a very similar sort of genre to it, where it's this very sort of neo-noir-ish, but where Drive has these, like, action elements, like, Memento replaces that with, like, mystery and intrigue, and it's this very... It is just a very good movie and like a it feels almost like a natural progression it, deeper into more artistic focused films. So now, Mike, let's get to the let's get to the question that everybody's here to Ooh. answer. If this what movie were a drink, if this movie were a drink, what would it be and why? Okay. Okay. I'm glad you asked. See, I had thought to myself what this movie is this movie's fantastic Mm -hmm. this movie feels it it feels like one of those movies where you look at it and you can already think to yourself granted enough time has passed to where i feel like this is a given but nonetheless you can look at it and instantly feel it being classic in both senses Mm -hmm. of the word like in that the movie feels the movie feels the movie feels so good that you already know that it's going to keep be talked about well well past well past it's like sort of like rise like its initial release or whatever you want to call it as well as it feels like a movie that sort of harkens back to movies to to movies that are much older like you know uh what's it called like sunset boulevard and the likes mm-hmm. Where it's so I I kind of wanted to do that. I want so I picked okay, so what what best encapsulates the, the old school noir movies? Mm. Whiskey. Mm. So I was like, okay, cool, we've got a whiskey. What kind of cocktail would this be? Well, it's sophisticated. So old fashions. Something that really wants to play on its original elements. But no, 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 no. We can't just sit there and just pick a whiskey. Like a funky, funky whiskey. Like something really interesting, something a little different. Something that's like, you know, something that's off the beaten path. Not Happy Van Winkle or something expensive and not Jack Daniels. Something that's got Mm -hmm. some weird twist to it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have our whiskey. We have our cocktail. But how do we add sort of twists and turns to it. How do we bring this old cocktail into the 21st century? Well, I I'm going to I'm going to add some extra ingredients to it. Okay. Instead of instead of the sugar cube, replace it with replace it with simple syrup and blueberries. Okay. See, we got that we still have the same sugariness. We're throwing in some blueberries instead of maraschino cherries. Throwing a little bit of throwing a little bit of lemon. Throwing a throw hell, throwing a little bit of club soda. Something to turn it into instead of this old cocktail, revive it a little bit. Add something new, something different, something that makes you go, well, okay. Orig- I can see what this was originally made of. But it's also become something that's completely different as at the exact same time. And that's mm-hmm. what I think this movie is. It's something that took its base and then expanded upon it, twisted it, and turned it and made a new thing out of it. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's my cocktail. 
So I want to let the viewers in on something. Me and Mike, we do not confer before <laughs> we come up with our drinks. Are you we we do we come up with them on our own time, and then, and then our honest to god reactions are when we record. So imagine my surprise when Mike says that his drink is going to be an old fashioned. When I have written down right in front of me that my drink is going to be an old fashioned. Damn it! Yes. <laughs> Yes, this, this, is is, first, this is the first time this has happened. I am, I am amazed. This is awesome. <laughs> this is great. Okay, everybody. All right. You know how normally there's a discourse that like, I like how you did this. I like how you did this. Nope. There we go. It's an old fashioned. Well, I my my old fashioned. It was I I got a little bit more specific with like with okay. my All right. old fashioned. Like with the and honestly, the main difference. Like I'll explain why I chose an old fashioned. But Mike, congratulations, we did it. It took us we this long. It. We it made took it, us dude. a while. It took us a while. But what are the odds of that happening? Like out of all of the drinks, we pick the same I'd... one. Like a little bit different. Is... Like it's still an old fashioned. Like still some differences, but it's mm-hmm. so close. Yeah, exactly. That's that is shocking to say the least. Mike, I'm going to now raise a glass and say cheers. I'll drink Dude, to cheers that. Cheers to that. So okay. My old fashioned. So this isn't a chugging drink. Mm. This isn't going to be like your max secretion, your tequila pterodactyl, or pick your fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre month drink. This is a <laughs> sipping drink. And like Mike said, the vibes I'm getting from this movie is whiskey. A bit of a classy whiskey. An academic whiskey, if you would. Mm-hmm. You have Christopher Nolan. The filmmaker, even those like dirty fucking casual moviegoers know, but most people will know him through maybe like, oh, The Dark Knight or Inception, maybe Tenet. But this mm-hmm. is the second, this is second feature film, Christopher Nolan here. Little Underground, you know, movie lovers like to talk about his early work. Um, and if you mention Memento, they're gonna be like, I love that movie. Like it's a classic. Mm-hmm. So this is a classic for movie nerds. All that being said, I think this movie is an old fashioned. But the whiskey is going to be Jameson. Now, for one thing, there's a green bottle in this movie that kind of, you know, if you squint a little bit, it kind of looks like a Jameson bottle. Enough. It's Jormison. It's proper 12. No, it's not proper 12. Um, So you ask a college kid about whiskey. I'll probably say like Jack Daniels or Evan Williams. There might be some that are familiar with Jameson fans. Jameson is really what you hook them with to get them intrigued about other whiskeys. Plus, it's a little bit more classy. Mm-hmm. It'll make you think. So again, go out there, make yourself an old-fashioned with Jameson, and you know what? Throw in some blueberries while you're at it. Oh, Combine oh. hours. Absolutely. Get a little, dude, get a little sweet with it. Dude, get a, dude, a, little, a little too sweet up in here. Put, too put too sweet. Razz- it's too... Put, put, a, <laughs> razzmatazz. Put, a, put a little... Put a put a little razzle in your dazzle. <laughs> I want you to drop the liquid equivalent of jazz hands into your drink. <laughs> you just you just you just sit there and just like are like doing jazz hands uh, like on the drink for like ten seconds. <laughs> like all right, now we're good. So guys, go out there, go make yourself an old fashioned. Go put blueberries in it, and you know put some Jameson in there too. The official mm-hmm. messed up at midnight old fashioned trademark Absolutely. copyright. <laughs> that's what we're doing like, here. We're slapping we're we're slapping LLCs on it. Like that's us. That's us. That's ours. Dude, we got LLCs out of our 
ass right now. I am so we excited. So many limited liabilities. So many. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Dude, our insurance is going to be out the ass to take care of all of these. <laughs> the only person that will insure us is the general. <laughs> I'm going to move on from that. So, guys, let's crack. go get yourself an old-fashioned, and let's talk about Memento. So we start out with a title card and a picture of a murder. Classy. We see a hand holding this picture and it waves it. Picture starts to fade. Waves again, it fades even more. And then the hand puts the Polaroid into the camera. And this whole scene is playing out in reverse, including a bloody man getting unshot and screaming. Who is this? Mike, what what are your thoughts on this opening scene? It is it's so fantastic. I I could go on about just this opening scene. Now, the whole shot in reverse thing has been done more than a few times in in recent not in recent years, but in the past like 15 20 years. In the years and in, in the years since Memento has come out. There have been a few of those shot in reverse opening, not opening scenes, but shot in reverse sort of things that really kind of make this like, I don't think they temper it at all, though. I was going to say like they temper it, but they don't because this is so fantastic because it gives you that it, it makes you. It sort of took me in one direction and then it completely took me in a different direction. And it was right then and there. I was immediately like, oh, this is going to be good. Because I was like, okay, cool, classic murder. And then we're seeing it on the Polaroid. And then as it sort of began to fade and as things began to move in reverse, I was like, oh, okay, this <laughs> this movie's different. Okay. And it really gives you a taste for what this movie is going to be like. So the way that this movie is structured is it starts at the ending. And then it's the we start in the ending and it's in color. And then we cut to the very first scene of the movie in chronological order and it's in black and white. And then next we cut to the scene before the ending that's in color. And afterwards we cut back to that first scene, but it's immediately after. I believe that Nolan described it as like a think of it like and the ending is one and the beginning is a the beginning is Z or the, the sorry, I'm getting my words confused. The beginning, let me see if I can actually find it really quick. So 1 to 22 for the black and white sequences and the letters A and V for the colored sequences. So it's presented as 1, V, 2, U, 3, T, 4, S. And then it goes all the way back down to 22A in the middle of the movie. Are you confused yet? It'll make a lot more sense once you're watching it once we get deeper it's, into this episode. Th- that is one thing I do want to want to make known is that the movie, I think the movie sets out to initially sort of confuse you. And then as things continue, it begins to make more sense. As time mm-hmm. goes on, you begin to pick up a lot more on, on what's going on. And, and you're able to look back at previous scenes and sort of go, oh, okay, oh, I get what was going on there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really interesting. 
just like this. Boom. Next scene. It's in black and white. Guy Pierce as Leonard is talking to himself. And he's in this some like CD motel room. Like, okay, well, how how is this gonna connect? How is this gonna connect to the ending, what we just saw? Move on to the next scene. It's in color. Lenny, that's Guy Pierce, we're at some like motel. And Lenny is talking to someone at a desk, and then Teddy bursts in and says, Lenny. And he was like, so Guy Pierce is familiar with Teddy. Guy Pierce was showing the desk guy a picture of Teddy, and apparently they know each other. So they enter Lenny's car and drive, and apparently his car window is broke. Who would have thought? So Lenny wants to go to this building. So Lenny and Teddy go to this warehouse. They find a truck outside with bullets in it. And Lenny goes into the building, looks at the picture of Teddy. And by the way, yeah, I don't believe we mentioned this. So Lenny carries around, Lenny, played by Guy Pierce, carries around a Polaroid and has a bunch of pictures mm-hmm. that he writes facts on because he has a condition where he cannot rem- he can't create new short-term memories. He can remember things before he had his accident and the accident was his wife got murdered and his wife got raped and murdered and the people the two people who were there, one of them caused him some serious brain damage, thus he cannot form any new memories. So to compensate yep. for this, Lenny has a whole a whole routine that we'll get into shortly. But this is the one thing that y'all need to know. Takes pictures, write things down on the back of it. And yeah, so Lenny pulls out this picture. He looks at the picture of Teddy and on and on it is written, don't believe his lies. He is the one. Kill him. I'm like, okay, interest. It's a very intriguing type of confusion that you're feeling where you're like, okay, what's going on here? I, I actively mm-hmm. want to know, want to solve what's going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. God, I love I love this. I love this movie. This movie does this movie does what we have gushed about many times before on this podcast in that you're the one who's piecing things together. There is no story that you're being led upon. You are figuring it out as things go along. It feels like it it feels the world that that Nolan created up to now it it already feels lived in. Like, it doesn't feel like as if you're jumping in on something. It feels like everything has been moving for a while now, mm-hmm. which I really, really love. And that and all of that sort of stuff with Teddy and the motel and all of that is just really fantastic. It really, really is fantastic. So the rest of the scene plays out pretty much how you'd expect it to. Lenny takes the gun, hits Teddy over the head. Lenny's like, oh, beg my wife mm-hmm. for forgiveness. I'll blow your brains out. Um, Teddy wants to show Lenny something in the basement and Lenny gets startled and he pulls the trigger and we end where we began. So yep. back to black and white. Lenny is looking through the motel room again and we see a tattoo on his hand, or like a tattoo or some type of writing on the, on Lenny's hand. It says, yeah. Remember Sammy Jenkins. Okay, who who is Sammy Jenkins? And mm-hmm. we end on Lenny seeing something covering Lenny's leg. It's a note that says "shave." And that's really how most of these black and white scenes are. They're short, feeling more like a documentary, kind of giving context to 
what's going on, a little bit of a little bit of backstory yeah, it, to the it, primary it feels, action that we're seeing. Yeah, it feels almost like narration because that's mm-hmm. what I thought on my initial viewing was I looked at it and thought it more as sort of like near like a narration as to what was going on in the scenes that had color, mm-hmm. which is why it was so interesting that they were so short. It had all of these interesting little context clues, like the shave on the thigh, the remember Sammy Jenkins. It, it's, it was just really cool. I really like that. So next scene, we're in color. Lenny writes, kill him on the back of Teddy's picture. And you, you, now you're kind of getting the idea. Well, you'll see what we mean when we're talking about the story structure. So Lenny walks down to the front desk and he talks to Bert, who's at the front desk. Bert, apparently he doesn't know about Lenny's condition. So exposition, um, Lenny has short-term memory because of an accident. And the last thing that he remembers is his wife. It's just like, it's like you just woke up. And Lenny has been staying there for at the motel for a couple of days now, and he asks Bert to hold all of his calls. And Le- and Lenny also says, "Hey, do not let me talk to Teddy." Bert is just sitting there, looks like, "Bro, I I don't really care. I'll do whatever you want. Just as long as I get as long as I get the bill in time, we're okay." I love hell that. yeah, Bert. That's that, that. That's that. That's that. Mind your own business that we talk so highly about. Bert's like that's that I don't up care. At energy. He's like, I don't care what happens. I'm just, just pay me. We're good. I'm not saying anything. Just pay me. So after this conversation with Bert, we end where we began with Teddy coming in saying, Lenny. Now you're getting the idea of the story structure here. Mm-hmm. So back mm-hmm. to black and white. Shave the note. So Leonard, he does like a whole voiceover about a system, a system to do things. He's really he's like we need to follow the system. You have to follow the system, and we'll and I will be okay. Sounds like he's pitching like some type of pyramid scheme or yeah, some exactly. shit. But we, <laughs> here but, at Herbalife, you <laughs> will succeed if you do. Alleged, allegedly, 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 allegedly. I have to say that to protect ourselves. I was about to say, yeah, exactly, exactly. The Herbalife people will come after us if, if they do. I'm just gonna be like, why? <laughs> <laughs> we have no money. What are you? What are you? What are you going after us for? So, what is Lenny's um, Herbalife system? Sorry, system. It's <laughs> writing information. It's writing vital information on his body, and we'll we'll see we'll see that a little bit more here in a little bit. So the phone rings, and I'm like, oh, I thought calls were supposed to be held. Hmm? So we're back to color. Lenny is washing his hands somewhere. And he sees the remember Sammy Jenkins tattoo on his arm, on his uh, hand again. So he starts pulling down his sleeve and it's, re- it's revealed that we see the facts tattooed on his arm. Oh, we don't see all of it. We just, we just kind of get like a little glimpse of it. So Lenny leaves the bathroom and he's at a restaurant. So a waiter comes and gives Lenny some items, a picture, a manila folder. Like, I don't know. He's going out on some type of, I don't know nine to five quest for some shit. I don't fucking know where he's got like a glowing halo over him saying like, Oh, come here for a side quest. Exactly. It's, it's like, it's literally like an, it's an exclamation point is floating above like Teddy's head. (laughs) So, so uh, Lenny takes all this stuff. Lenny gets his, gets his car, drives back to the motel, goes up to his room. 
So on the wall of his motel room, we see a map with pictures and pieces of information. And the manila folder has Teddy's driver's license printed out on it. But we see that his real name is John Edward Gamble. And he literally is like, who, who, who is this? And he looks at Teddy's picture and says, don't believe his lies written on the back. So Lenny calls a number and it's Teddy. And Teddy's like, hey, what's going on? Okay, I'm, I'm coming over. So Lenny starts stripping. And this is when we see that he is just fucking tatted up. Like he's got shit just like all over his body. Like it's like that. It's like this movie predicted like the small tattoo movement of today. Yeah. Where it's like less like, sleeves and more small pieces, like post Malone style. Post Malone, like like Pete Davidson, Justin Bieber, where it's like they all have like they have like hundreds of like little little like teeny tattoos that sort mm-hmm. of like are just around. And who and who pitched it first? Motherfucking Guy Pierce and Christopher Nolan back in two thousand. Who yeah. would have thought? Who would have thought? Not me. Dude, dude trendsetters, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all C Knowles. Oh, C Knowles, man, our our buddy, our best friend. Yeah, uh, it's our homie. Our homie. The official. No, I'm not going to say that. Um. <laughs> so we see the rest of the facts tattooed on his body. What are the facts? Male, white, first name John or James, last name G, drug dealer, and a license plate number. And all the information that he sees is like, all right, this is it. Teddy's the one who killed my wife mm-hmm. and tattooed on his, on uh, Lenny's upper chest. It says John G raped and murdered my wife. He's like, okay, I have all the information. Let's get it done. So Lenny writes down, kill him on the back of Lenny's picture. So black and white. Lenny's on the phone talking to somebody. They talk about Sammy Jenkins. Lenny says he makes it work because he's determined and he's got the whole system. Kind of the spiel that we've heard before. Now we're in color. Lenny drives up to the restaurant that is somewhere. And he's meeting Natalie at one. And on her picture, it says, she has also lost someone. She will help you out of pity. So Natalie stops Leonard. He gets into the spiel like, oh, I had this condition. And now it's like, yo, I don't care. By the way. She's played by motherfucking Trinity from the Matrix. Absolutely, Carrie Ann Moss. Who, who would have thought? <laughs> Christopher Nolan's second it. movie. Wait. Wait, hold up. Does this mean Memento takes place in the Matrix? Yo, I'm not after, saying. <laughs> after, Matri- after Matrix Revolutions, Trinity's just like taking, taking like a, uh, what's it called? Trinity's just taking a break by just messing with Guy Pierce, who's like an amnesiac in the Matrix. Well, listen, he's talking about like his condition as it was like, you know, a crime where, you know, John G raped and murdered my wife. But I'm not saying that this is what happens when you take both the red pill and the blue pill. But, you know, it, if you take both of them, it might turn you into an amnesiac. I, I'm just I'm just, it, it's, I'm just asking you questions. Take, you become an amnesiac trapped trapped in like like a like a horrible like groundhog day of your own mind when you crack the powder from the blue pill and the pow- and the powder from the red pill mix them together and snort them <laughs> i wasn't thinking of mixing them i'm just thinking you have like a line here and a line there and you just got like you know a uh, rolled up dollar bill in one hand a rolled up dollar bill in the other and you just 
snort him both like through both nostrils. No, you, you're too, you're too, you're too fist in the lines. <laughs> you're double fist in the lines. Dude, fuck my sense of smell. I don't need it anyways. <laughs> Nasal cavity. Who needs them? <laughs> Guy Pierce doing cocaine things. I thought fill that out on your messed up at midnight bingo card. So <laughs> it's always a weird one. So Natalie looks like she's been beaten up. And she starts sharing information. It's a license plate number from the previous scene. Her friend at the DMV helped out. She brings up a good point. She says, hey, even if you get revenge, you're not going to remember it. And Lenny says, maybe I'll take a picture of it, which, of course, he did do. So Natalie wants Lenny to talk about his dead wife. Cool. Lenny closes his eyes and he remembers her. We get that you know, we get that classic dead wife flashback that we see in action movies with okay, yep. I guess it's kind of interesting having it here. It's kind of the crux of the whole movie. So <laughs> So Natalie gives the Lenny an address of an abandoned warehouse, gives him the key back, and then they then Natalie fucking dips. So Lenny heads to the bathroom to wash his hand. End of that scene. <laughs> it's black and white now. Mm-hmm. Lenny and Lenny's talking about Sammy Jenkins. He met Sammy through his work through as an insurance investigator. That that was Lenny's job. He had to sift through all the bullshit. Lenny gives exposition about his line of work, listening to people. And he was like, "But Sammy was my real first was my first real challenge." Mm-hmm. Go to color now. Lenny is driving when Teddy stops him. Why would you let somebody with that condition what? drive? <laughs> it's I okay. I'm glad you said something because you have to stop and sit there and just go. Wait, does this like is this is this man not qualified anymore? Like, let's let's reevaluate this. Where does does he know where he is or how to drive? Like, if you just put him in a car, is he just randomly gonna fucking space out? Then, like, like that's so Raven, like back to reality, and just be like, ah, and just like lose control. He's just, he's just doing like seventy on the highway, and he just like all of a sudden just comes to. And he's like, ah, what's going on? Just yeah, swerving exactly. all over the place. Like he's just. It's like literally he just has that so raven moments where he's just driving he's like oh, where am i what what, what what's going on we'll see a better example of this happening in some later scenes but i really want to see a cut of this movie where he's like i don't know like jumping up like hopping off of like a trampoline or some shit and he spaces out and forgets where he is and then like rolls his ankle as he lands on like solid ground <laughs> I, I love that i love that i love the idea is like it's like He's like, he's getting to a subway station and, and the train's like, train's like, watch your step as you depart. And like, he's mid-step and he forgets. He like trips and rolls his ankle. He's like, ah, damn it. He's like, this whole, he's this, like, why, he's like why am I in this part of town? And so this whole movie, just Guy Pierce rolling his ankle at just different inconvenient times. <laughs> exactly. He's at he's at like those sky bounce zone places or whatever where he's just bouncing and he's doing dodgeball with like a, an eleven year old and he's like mid pitch and he goes, Wait, what am I doing here? I need to figure out what I do who my dead wife is. Then he gets a dodgeball to his face and also somehow manages to roll his ankle there too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, on a trampoline in the air, he like mid rolls his ankle. Didn't even touch any solid ground, guys. What the fuck? So, 
God damn it, Tyler! <laughs> you know I have a sensitive ankle. So Teddy and Lenny, they go out to eat lunch, and Teddy's just like, okay, I'm sick and tired of hearing about Sammy Jankis. And we hear that Teddy is actually helping Lenny hunt down John G. So Teddy is scared that Lily that uh, sorry, Lenny may kill the wrong John G based off mm-hmm. of something that Lenny told him. So they wax poetic about facts versus memories. And Lenny wants to go catch this guy for revenge. And okay, it's all good. So Lenny goes back, talks to our man, Bert. Bert goes to help him out. He opens the door. It's a different room. Mm-hmm. Leonard's mm-hmm. now in room 304. He changes room, but Bert is like, hey, listen, my boss wanted to check you into two rooms to make some extra money. Take advantage of, you know, take advantage of those people, of um, someone with a, so, take advantage of an amnesiac. Sorry, guys. I can't speak for some reason today. It's, <laughs> it's, it's okay. to be a little hey, difficult. Hey, hey. You got it. Maybe you should, maybe you should take a, maybe you should take a drink of the mess of midnight old fashioned to whet your appetite or your, always, or your tongue. Always moist your uh, palate, guys. <laughs> this, is, this is the worst ASMR listening experience. <laughs> someone's like, someone's like driving to work and we just, and you just hear moist your palate. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> drink plenty of water, guys. That's messed up at midnight I, way. <laughs> oh, real, real, real messed up at midnight. Homies hydrate. So Leonard goes back to, um, so yeah, he's in room 304 now. <laughs> um, Lenny's like, okay, he sees what time it is. Apparently, he's got a meeting with Natalie, and then he just fucking leaves Bert alone just outside this motel. And he's like, oh, I have somewhere to be, and just fucking dips. <laughs> I diner with Natalie. <laughs> I I I love that. There's a there's a there's a there's a very there are two ways someone can look at that scene and think. One is wow, Lenny's got real faith in Bert. It's real nice. Or man, no wonder people are fucking with Lenny and mixing him up and kidding him and like messing with him and all of that. Like. God damn, Lenny just just like he's like he's like a Sims when you cancel out their conversation. They're like, I don't know what I'm doing here, and then he just leaves. Like, oh, all right, he fucking just runs off. So, yo, wait, <laughs> Lenny is literally just a Sim who's like who's like like controller just keeps like canceling out every like conversation he has like literally like you know you we've all played the sims where we've been like i don't want to i don't want you to talk to that person they 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 suck and you like click out of it and the sim just stands there and then just goes to like like pick berries from a bush or something like that no it's like if we if we just scale out a little bit more from from uh, what memento is showing us we just see C Knowles just sitting in front, like playing and playing on a like NES on like a box TV, playing the Sims, yeah. and he's controlling yeah. Guy Pierce. And whenever like he forgets what he's doing, C Knowles like puts the controller down and gets up to go get a snack. And then yeah, comes back, like, okay, wait, wait, what was I doing? Oh, okay, now I see. And then he just continues doing it. It's like, no, Lenny, make pancakes again. Make pancakes again. <laughs> I would try some Guy Pierce pancakes. I don't know about you, but that sounds dude. Sounds he pretty can. Good. I bet you. I bet you, some some memento flapjacks. cooking book. It's just got root. It's got. It's it's literally just buttermilk pancakes, but with roof and all in it. <laughs> uh, so black and white exposition about Sammy Jenkins. Jenkins apparently also had the same condition that Lenny has. 
and Lenny's like checking in with Sammy. Apparently, Sammy could still perform like complex tasks that he learned before the accident, like giving his wife a shot for her diabetes. Mm-hmm. So he claims that Lenny, like Lenny claims that he'd get like a sight look of recognition when he was talking to Sammy. Okay, there's something, there's something going on there. It's back to mm-hmm. color. Yeah. Lenny just wakes up in someone's bedroom, like a after a bad Saturday night with <laughs> Natalie sleeping next to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Natalie wakes up and sees Lenny. And Natalie says that she'll get her friend to look up that license plate. So Lenny finds his pictures and he sees Natalie's and he's like, okay, we arrange a meeting. I'm not good on the phone. And now it's like, okay, yeah, cool. We can, we can meet later. So she asks, so next time you see me, will you remember me? And I'm like, no, honey, no, he won't. You're not special. (laughs) You're you're like, like, sorry, Trinity. Like you're gonna have to go back to Neo for that kind of that kind of recognition. So Lenny throws his clothes on, goes to leave, and then boom, Teddy's in the car with Lenny. Back to black and white. So Lenny talks about conditioning, the repetitive practice of you know learning things. So Sammy does a test. He picks up objects, and some objects were electrified, and trying to see if like, hey, could you condition someone with um, this condition? To remember, okay, these are uh, th- these are the shapes that are electrocuted. Cut to color. Lenny drives up to Natalie's house, and Lenny is mad. He walks in, is like, "Yo, who the fuck is Dodd? What have you gotten me into?" Color yeah. intrigued. Natalie is like, I "Guess I don't got to worry about him anymore." Natalie's like, "Yo, you offered to help me after you saw what he did to my face." Lenny didn't kill Dodd, which is which Natalie asked about. And Lenny's talking about like oh certainties, and Natalie takes Lenny's jacket off. She sees his chest. She's emotionally manip- She's basically emotionally manipulating this man with a condition, which yeah. is not cool. It's it's super not cool because it, it's so interesting because this movie, this movie really makes you sit there and like every single person that you see come in contact with Lenny. You're always sitting there thinking to yourself, like, what kind of... There's always a secret motive mm-hmm. to every person that Lenny comes in contact with. Like, I don't think Lenny comes in contact with any person that doesn't have an ulterior motive to helping Lenny. Mm-hmm. And it's really fascinating just to see that in relation to Lenny's condition in this movie. It's actually so cool. So interesting to watch. But yeah. She she sucks big time. And that's also why I think this is such a rewatchable movie cuz you can go in and you can like pick up different things like maybe you watch what maybe like one watch through you're like okay what's going on with Natalie? What's her character all about? And you pick up new details here and there and then another watch through it's all about Teddy and you know it, you're just picking mm-hmm. up these things like here and there that make you that you that you didn't notice the first time around and I know I oh, certainly yeah. wouldn't when I watched this movie for this episode, because I've already seen it beforehand, I was I picked up new things. I noticed like, oh, this character, you know, Natalie's kind of being a bitch now. What the fuck is her deal? <laughs> She's emotionally manipulative. What the fuck, Richard? What the fuck, Richard? What the fuck, Natalie? So what Natalie's like. 
So Natalie talks about how she lost someone too, and his name was Jimmy. So Jimmy went to go meet with a guy called Teddy. Maybe I can help you find this, John G. So Lenny and Natalie, they sit in bed. Lenny monologues while Natalie sleeps. Lenny misses his dead wife. And he says things like, how am I supposed to heal if I can't feel time? Which mm-hmm. bars, man. <laughs> oh, that's a- bars. <laughs> that's, man, I could just see that being like a quote on like sad boy Tumblr. <laughs> Dude, fucking it's, Tumblr, man. Oh, that threw me. Dude, back. no, no. Do not act like that is not like granted. That's a that's a that's a magical quote. But like that is a big like big like I'm 14 and I just got dumped. I that's, will. I am. I am Len, Leonard Memento. <laughs> you just see a picture of just like it's black and white. Lenny's like standing shirtless and like oh, the, it's like slightly blurred and it's like underneath. How am I supposed to heal if I can't feel time? I'm just like dude, you know, dude, edgy. Dude, that is you. You you already know that that's a thing. That's dude, already one hundred percent exists. <laughs> tell, tell you what, I'm gonna continue to go through the scene, Mike. Let's see if you can find that image on the internet right now. I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay, Chief. you ready? All right, go go on it. So so yeah, Lenny leaves the bed. Lenny leaves the bed with Natalie and wanders through a stranger's house. And he's looking at these pictures of Jimmy. And then he writes on the back of Natalie's picture, the description that we know. She has also lost someone. She will help you out of pity. And Natalie just sits in bed and smiles. Is she Mm -hmm. onto something? We'll have to wait and see on that one. (laughs) You gotta wait and see. So back to black and white. Back to Sammy Jenkins. So Sammy didn't respond to this conditioning. So it had to be a mental, psychological issue. And Lenny says, we turned down his claim on the grounds that he wasn't covered for mental illness. His wife got stuck with the bills, and I got a big promotion. Fuck. <laughs> that's, some, that's some cold-blooded shit right there. That's, dude, that really is ice fucking cold. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I ruined I ruined a family's life and got a big promotion out of it. What are you going to do? So Lenny acts on conditioning as opposed to Sammy. That's like that was his whole thing about it. So I'm going to check with Mike real quick. Have you found have you found I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm unironically on it. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I just. Uh, yeah, it's I see it's it's a gif. <laughs> It is a GIF, and it is just, and it literally just has the freeze frame of it, but it just has a grain filter over it. You're so edgy. It's God, it's so awesome. God, I knew it. We're so Gosh, good at this, dude. Dude, we're getting on the same wavelength, man. First, we predict each other's drink, and then next, we're predicting memes. Dude, it, it it's like we finish. It's like it's almost like it's almost like we finish each other's tacos. Yes, <laughs> finish each other. Always, always finish your always, homies' tacos. Always, always finish your tacos, kids. Hear that, that scene carne on you? That carne asada isn't going to eat itself. <laughs> the, chaos. So we're back, we're back in color. So. 
we get screaming and shots of a house. Boom. Lenny is awake. He woke up from a dream in a motel room. He opens the drawer and we sees and he sees a gun on the Bible. So he opens the closet and holy shit, there is a dude taped up in there. Mm-hmm. He's got to like tape in his mouth. I'm like, we're like, okay, what the fuck? And now I'm just expecting that freeze frame of just like, yep, that's me. Probably wondering how I got in this situation. You just you just hear Baba O'Reilly by the Who start playing as it like zooms in. It's like, but to understand how I got here, we're gonna have to take it back a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna need that. By the way, that guy is Dodd. We need to get like a Dodd cut of like what what his story is. If he was just having like an average day, and then this shit happens, it's just just some just some crazy amnesiac in like an Oldsmobile Cutlass comes tearing up to him and just starts attacking him and gag, gags him and throws him in a closet. So what happens? Teddy is Teddy knocks on the door. And Lenny's like, okay, who the fuck is that? He checks the picture. He's like, okay, I know this guy. So he lets Teddy in and, you know, he's Teddy. Like Lenny's like, hey, do you like, do you know who this guy is? And Teddy's like, who the fuck is that? I don't know who that is. (laughs) And Lenny Lenny is just like, I don't know who that is either. I I have this condition. He's like, I know about the fucking condition. You've told me about it for like the millionth time today. So I don't know. I think that like, like Teddy's like, is that John G? And Lenny asks this guy, he's like, who did this to you? And he's like, Dodge was like, bro, you did. You did this to me. <laughs> I love Don. I love Don in this scenario because they take the dark tape off and they're like, do you know who did this? And Don's like, are you? Are you shitting me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know who did it. He's right there. <laughs> so Leonard, so yeah, what? So they're trying to figure out the solution. So the solution is to walk Dodd to his car with a gun to his back. So Lenny's got a gun. Also, some questions there. Why would you let an amnesiac point a gun at somebody? And, you know, in a hot and like in all intents and purposes, a hostage situation. <laughs> that's that's quite literally what it is. It is literally just a hostage situation. So they walk Dodd to his car. Lenny gets in with Dodd. Teddy follows. So Dodd drops Lenny off. Lenny gets into Teddy's car and he's just like, oh, yeah, we got to find out what that's all about. So Lenny goes to Natalie's house because in one of the earlier in the uh, earlier in the scene, there was written down like, hey, ask, ask Natalie about Dodd or yeah, ask Natalie about Dodd. It's back to black mm-hmm. and white. More waxing poetic on Sammy. Um, Sorry, guys, I lost my notes. I lost my spot in my notes. Mike, what do you got? What do you got to say about that? Dude, scene. no, I, I swear, I, I, I love Sammy. I actually did want to add this little tidbit when we were talking about Sammy. You're, I, I wish my brain didn't work like this. I mm-hmm. really wish it didn't. But I recognize Sammy not from any actual movie this guy's been in because I definitely have seen this guy in some actual movies. But no, I recognize this guy from Garfield. This is the bad guy. Sammy's the bad guy in the Garfield movie starring Bill Murray. Son of a bitch. I just just want everyone else to feel the pain that I did when I was looking at that going like, going like, oh, what are you going to mess with Garfield? (laughs) Like, where's the lasagna? (laughs) And just, and then I would just, very quickly, I would just be like, I hate my brain. 
<laughs> what what you couldn't have said that oh yeah i recognize him from space balls <laughs> yeah exactly you're like i could i couldn't have thought of all of the actual movies that the guy starred in nope garfield and lasagna <laughs> Dude, everyone's Just, favorite orange cat in Memento. No, Garfield isn't. No, that's named Easy wait, Eck. Wait, 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 wait. You just did something. You just oh did something. Okay, okay. Guy Pierce voices Garfield in a gritty reimagining of Memento starring Garfield. Teddy I'm going, is Odie. I'm going, to, I'm going to cancel this podcast because you had to Natalie bring that to this world. Natalie is normal. <laughs> I'm, I'm canceling this podcast right now guys <laughs> you're like i do you're like i've never, like, I've I, never like, I can't do this anymore i've never feel like i've never hated hearing something more <laughs> well who would be sammy jenkins that's the question that's uh, that's that is the question oh no it'd just be the same guy the- We'll get into we'll get in, a spoiler alert. By the way, well, if you're listening to this podcast, you know we do. Oh no, no, as as in no, as it as in the guy who plays Sammy Jenkins. Oh, it's just him. Yeah, it's just him. <laughs> it's just him. Everyone else is animated. <laughs> they're they're listening. They're listening to the fucking Black Eyed Peas or whatever song they play. <laughs> and it's just it is just him. I hate that. I hate that so much. I I'm moving on. So. Back to Sammy Jenkins. Sammy didn't respond to conditioning, so okay, wait, shit, nope, I already read that. Let me see. Where am I going? So okay, boom, more wa- okay, black and white, boom, more waxing poetic on Sammy. Mm-hmm. So Sammy's wife is trying to find a solution to this issue, and she's having she's having like a mental breakdown because you know you you would if you were in that situation. Yeah, if if you were if you were dealing with an amnesiac husband, yeah, you would so, you would eventually snap. So Lenny planted the seed of doubt, like saying, hey, I never said he was faking it. So go back to color. Lenny holding a bottle of Jameson. Huh, huh. See how we see how it tied mm. together with our drink earlier. He, so he has, has a bottle in a bathroom. So Lenny's got like a bandage on the side of his face. And he's like, huh, I don't feel drunk. I'm going to take a shower. So this man, <laughs> the level of trust that this man has of like, because like, just think if if I'm somewhere, like if I woke up like in a bathroom, my first instinct wouldn't be to like, oh, I don't know, take a shower, I, or so, like I would need to be like, okay, am I am I where I need to be? Is this the proper location? I'm not just gonna just all right. I'm in a bathroom and I'm gonna get naked and take a shower. I it's I love 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 Lenny because what Len, Lenny does the thing that like. People who take, because I'm pretty sure this is a side effect of Ambien. I remember hearing this, but like people who take Ambien too long will just sleepwalk and sleep do things. So it's not uncommon for people on Ambien to just wake up and they're like making a grilled cheese. And they're like, I I wasn't making a grilled cheese. <laughs> so it's like, he just sits there and wakes up in the bathroom and he's just like, he's like, I guess we'll take a shower. Like, like he's like. Sammy's just been loading uh, fucking uh not we that was the that was the flashback. No, Lenny Lenny was loading up on Ambien. <laughs> just woke up. Hell yeah. So <clears throat> sorry guys. So Lenny's in someone's house and then Dodd come Dodd comes in and he starts fighting naked. Like Lenny fights Dodd just butt naked. 
And then housekeeping's knocking. Lenny's like, fuck, what's going on? Lenny tapes Dodd's mouth and puts him in the closet. And he finds a letter. Dodd. And this is about Dodd. Put him onto Teddy or get rid of him for Natalie. People are just trusting this guy to do way too much. They they really, they're trusting a dude who forgets everything regularly to just like carry out some really like thought out shit. (laughs) And it's just impressive how much faith they have in fucking Lenny. And he does it too. That's the amazing part. He does. He's like, he's a, he's a, he's a clever bastard. Like, so anyway, Lenny calls Teddy, leaves a message for Teddy. And then he, Lenny leaves the gun in the drawer. So black, uh, back, back to black, back to black and white, back to black. Robert Johnson comes swinging out. (laughs) But Iron Man comes in. No, it's, um, so, so Lenny is talking to the guy on the phone again. Then he hangs up the phone and then Lenny channels, I don't know, like his fucking inner meth head and heats up a needle and like some pins. And then we're in color. Oh shit. Lenny is running now. He's just booking it. Like, this is that crazy shit mm-hmm. that we were talking about, like waking up early, waking up like somewhere that you don't remember where you're going in the middle of something. <laughs> Hell so, yeah. like, so he's running. Someone's chasing Lenny and this guy has a gun. There's a car alarm. Lenny enters again, enters a car. Hoping it's I, his. I, I'm sure I think he, he might click it a little bit, but I'm just really hoping he just like picked a car and I, was just like, you, that I one. <laughs> I like I do like that idea that Lenny Lenny's essentially like Lenny's essentially like an ambient riddled person who like pl- played too much Grand Theft Auto. So he's sitting there just like, oh, my God, where am I? I need a car right now. And he's like runs over to the nearest car. And he's like he like breaks in. So Lenny finds a letter about Dodd, parks at the motel and then enters the room mentioned in the letter. Lenny kicks in the door only to realize it's the wrong room. So he just knocked out just some random dude. So Lenny's like, oh, whoops, my bad. So then he goes to the right room and then breaks and enters. So Lenny grabs a bottle for a weapon and waits in the bathroom. And we're back where we started. Back to black and white. Lenny's meth head tattoos. And then he gets stopped by a note. Fact five, access to drugs. I'll be important. So we're back in color now. Lenny is at some like industrial park somewhere. He like lit a fire. He like gets up, walks away and he starts driving. And it's the morning now. And Lenny's driving a truck honks, honks at him. And it's Dodd. Dodd pulls a gun on Lenny. Lenny tries to drive away and he's like, yo, what the fuck is going on? So they park. Dodd goes over to Lenny's car. Dodd shoots out Lenny's window and then boom. Back to running. <laughs> now, now it's the part of the movie where you as the viewer start to go, oh, I get it. I get it. I get what's going on now. It's when things finally start to click. At least that's what it was for me. Is mm-hmm. once we got to the running scenes, that's when I went, oh, okay, I'm following. I'm following. Yeah, in... Again, like I said earlier about you watching things, there's just so many things that you pick up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as you watch it, it it might take like a watch or two to really fully grasp what's going on and to really be able to yeah. appreciate it too. Mm-hmm. So, 
Back to black and white. Lenny starts a tattoo, but then the phone rings. Back to color. Some of these black and white scenes are very short. I guess we just got to deal with it. So it's night. So back to color. It's night. Lenny gets into his car with his bags and shit, and he drives out to an industrial park. He exits his car and then walks about and gets situated and starts a fire that he can remember. And he burns stuff like a teddy bear, a comb, and then has those dead wife flashbacks. And here is a very nice scene of acting without talking. Like, Mm -hmm. just by by Guy Pierce's facial expression, as well as the editing and musical score. This is one of those times in cinema where all aspects, like the cinematography, the acting, the directing, the editing, the color, like every... I'm sure I'm sure craft services had a had a part to play in this particular shot because like this was the, the this taco was the delivery where, guy was just was just there making sure the color contrasting was perfect. Dude, no, listen, like guy like before the shot guy Pierce had like a really good taco with like some op, some like guacamole on it and that really fueled him up nicely that he was able to just perfect this scene. I now just thinking now just thinking this scene where it's just, where it's just the you see every emotion on Guy Pierce's uh, face as he's burning things, mm-hmm. and you just quietly in this industrial park just hear. <laughs> <laughs> he's just ripping ass <laughs> as he's, he's doing just, it. <laughs> he's just he's just farting just left right and center. <laughs> No, better yet, instead, like instead, like to get like to get like in that headspace, he's just like burning all of this stuff, and in the back of his head, he's like, "Damn, that was the last day the taco guy is gonna be here. I'm never gonna have that carne asada ever again." <laughs> guy, guy Pierce was like, "Guy Pierce was like, that was the best goddamn carne asada I've ever had. I gotta, he's not coming back, is he? I gotta, uh, I gotta figure out where that guy is." Oh God, I'm depressed about that. And it's, that's all of the emotions you see. Instead of his wife's getting murdered, it's just the taco truck guy just getting stabbed in an alleyway. <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, senor. So get, getting away from this taco truck fantasy, we have a lot of fantasies with this movie and I'm kind of here for it. So <laughs> it's kind of great. So we flash backwards in time before this even movie, before this movie even takes place. It's mm-hmm. Lenny and his wife. They're talking about reading a book for a millionth time. So modern Lenny continues to burn stuff, but just can't forget his dead wife. And the scene ends where it begins. Back to black and white. Lenny is on the phone. He wants to know more on a drugs angle, talking to this stranger on the phone. So he looks at the document that have the documents that he has that have been blacked out back to color. Lenny wakes up again. And this man wakes up sleeping next to another woman. For a dead for a dead wife for like a guy with a dead wife, he certainly does pull. He's Lenny's doing well for himself. Post post dead wife. He's got those widower vibes going, man. He's got widower vibes. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> So he looks around like he's got some knickknacks, the one that he burned in the last scene or next scene, whichever way this takes place. So Lenny has more like flash visions, like a woman getting choked by plastic. And he opens the door expecting a murder and it's just 
I don't know, fucking Blondie or some shit. And like, it's like an escort that he paid for. So Lenny's like, hey, I think mm. you need to leave. And then he leaves with, and then Lenny leaves with all of this stuff. So back to black and white. More of Lenny talking about drugs, John G being a drug dealer. Lenny adjusts fact five to may have access to drugs to is a drug dealer. So now we're back to color. Mm-hmm. Lenny's holding a discount in sticker and he exits his car, takes a picture of the sign and then writes on it. Kind of like how we've been saying he's doing with a, not just people, but like places that he's been to things like that. So back at his room, Lenny takes out, he puts up, Lenny puts up, up a map on the wall and Lenny takes out a phone book and calls an escort service for room 304. And Lenny pays for an escort to not even, you know, do what escorts do, but instead asks her to slam a door and basically be his wife. So Lenny's like setting up some things, some of his wife's things. And I'm sure this isn't the strangest thing that this escort has been asked to do. I can guarantee you on that one, but it's gotta be up there. She can't like, like there's no way she can walk back to walk back to her friends and be like, oh, so how, oh, so what happened? And she's just like, y'all, you are not going to believe this. (laughs) He asked me to help him fill out his, uh, his taxes. And, uh, (laughs) they're like, like, man, that's CPA, that's CPA certifications really coming through for you. Yeah. Yeah. It really, you know what? Who knew? Who knew part time at H and R Block would really pay off like that? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, like he he just really he was having some trouble with some of his algebra homework. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure I got a C it, out of him. He does. It's like she's like you like. Hey, he needed help on geometry, and I told him the same thing I tell everyone: Sokotoa. I hate you. So, so yeah. Lenny sets up some like some of his wife's things. They sleep against each other, and then the escort shuts the door. It's back to black and white. Lenny tattoos his leg. Gives more exposition on Sammy Jenkins. Sammy's wife goes to see Lenny at his job, and she's like, hey, what the fuck is going on? Sammy's wife sees, like, she wants to see Sammy as the old Sammy. And Lenny's just like, what, what do you want from me? And she's like... <laughs> Do, do you think, do you honestly believe that Sammy is faking? And Lenny's like, I mean, based off of like, based off of the science, Sammy should be able to make new memories. And then Lenny finishes the drug dealer tattoo. Back mm-hmm. to color. Lenny enters his car. Teddy is sitting in his car. Lenny snaps at Teddy. Teddy's like, Teddy's like, hey, your business is finished. Teddy's like, you can't trust Natalie. And assume that he was just leaving from Natalie. So Teddy helps Lenny. Teddy gives exposition about how to write. They write information on the bottom of coasters for drug dealers. Natalie apparently doesn't know Teddy, but Teddy makes sure that like, hey, do not trust Natalie. Lenny writes it on her picture. But then Lenny's like, hey, I have money. Like I have money in suits and shit. How can I afford this car? Teddy's like, you don't, you do not know who you are since the incident. And then Teddy leaves Lenny's car. Those details will be important at the end. (laughs) So Lenny looks at both of the pictures of Teddy and Natalie. And on Natalie's picture, he wrote down, do not trust her. And on Teddy's picture, it says, 
don't believe his lies. And Lenny marks through, or yeah, Lenny marks through Natalie's picture, and he sees a coaster with a motel address. Boom. And Mike, I want to ask you, who who would you trust if you just saw if you just saw were in that situation? If I was in that situation, I would sit there, put down put down all of the photos, turn turn on the car, or you know what? Better yet, get a bus and go. Where are you going? Oh, east. Let's do that, and then just go east and forget this whole scenario. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Like I'm an amnesiac, and I've got uh, I've got two manipulative people who are just cleaning me out. I at this point, I'm certain of it. I, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? All of you can go to hell. I'm leaving. He's like, where are you going? We're going to Spartanburg. Sure, that'll do. Going to Spartanburg he's like, now. He's like, you know what? You know what? Hey, I'll, you know what? I bet it'll be more fun to be an amnesiac in like Washington D.C. Okay, than here. <laughs> all right. At least, at least there's things going on there that don't involve you all. He's like, I just want to get out of here. So back to black and white. More talking on the phone. Lenny <sighs> removes another bandage, and it says, "Do not answer the phone." And Lenny's like, wait a second, who is this? And then the phone guy hangs up. Color me intrigued. We go back to color. So Lenny is in a house, and he's desperately trying to remember something. And he's at Natalie's house. And Mm -hmm. Natalie comes in with blood on her lip and looks like she got beat up. And she's like, Dodd beat the shit out of me. And Natalie's like, Mm -hmm. hey, I I did exactly what you told me to do. Um, This Teddy must have just taken everything. and. Natalie starts going on about this whole exposition about what a bad guy Dodd is. Natalie calls him Lenny, which is what his wife called him. Lenny says we'll go visit Dodd. Natalie told Dodd about Lenny's car. Lenny's hands is hurting for some reason. And Lenny mm-hmm. leaves Natalie's and goes into his car. Teddy is there. What's going on? Ooh. Black and white. Lenny hears the phone ring. He doesn't answer. He calls the front desk and is like, hey, I don't want any more calls. Bert's just like, say no more. I got you. <laughs> but dude, shout, hey, Bert, shout out to Bert. Drinks on Bert's, Bert tonight. Hey, Bert, Bert may be cleaning out Lenny, but at least he's not like emotionally and mentally manipulating him. <laughs> and he's doing his job, too. Yeah, Bert's like, Bert's like, at least Bert sat there and had the, had the kindness in his heart to turn to Lenny and go, I'm ripping you off hard. And Lenny's like, that's okay. That's okay. I still love you, big guy. So Lenny, so we're back in color now. Lenny looks at some files and Natalie comes back in. Natalie says some guy Dodd came and wants to know what happened to his money. Natalie says Jimmy met some guy named Teddy, but something happened. Natalie says that Lenny should go out and kill Dodd. And then Natalie sa- says, oh, by the way, fuck your dead wife. You're going to help me. I can say whatever the fuck I want and fuck you. I'm going to use you. So Lenny says like, oh, shit, I can't like he's he wants to like write all of this shit down. He's like looking for a pen, trying to find something, which mm-hmm. if this movie took place like now. I want to know what his notes app would look like. His notes app would, dude, you already know. His notes app would be popping off. Dude, th- it would have some of the most crazy shit on the planet. Dude, I want to see, I want a sequel where we see that, where he's just writing shit down on his phone. And he wouldn't, and like, he wouldn't have to worry about having to find a pen. 
He's like, all right, don't talk to Natalie. Fuck you. Bye. Yeah, exactly. He goes, never speak to Natalie ever again. <laughs> and, that's just, and that's just it. That's just the end of that storyline. So Natalie continues to say things about Lenny's wife. And Lenny's like, hey, fuck this. These hands are E for everybody. And then decks <laughs> Natalie for crossing the line. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> buy so, one, get buy one, get one free. These hands today only. <laughs> so yeah, Natalie is just like, okay, well, I'll just wait then. So Natalie leaves the room and then she's waiting for like Lenny to, you know, forget. So he's Lenny's trying to stay focused, trying to remember what happened, and he doesn't. Next thing that happens, completely forgets. Boom. Mm-hmm. Black and white. Lenny's going crazy. He's listening to the walls. Bert's knocking. Apparently a cop is calling Lenny. And Bert's like, hey, you need to answer. Lenny's like, fuck no, and slams the door back to color. Lenny and Natalie, they leave Lenny's car. They enter Natalie's house. And Lenny's like breaking out his file. And I was like, hey, why haven't the police found your killer yet? And Lenny starts giving some backstory on how his wife got murdered. We see Lenny wake up. This is a flashback. We see Lenny wake up, hear his wife screaming, grabs a gun, enters the bathroom, shoots the killer. JK, the killer's not dead, and the killer rams Lenny into a mirror. But apparently, Mm -hmm. there were two people there that night. Lenny's like, hey, there had to be a second guy there. So one of them's already dead. I need to to track down the other one who killed my Mm -hmm. wife. Lenny's like, the police say there was only one, but I know for a fact there were two. So Natalie dips. Lenny takes her picture and turns on the TV and looks at the remember Sammy Jenkins tattoo. We get flashes of a needle and then Natalie returns home back to black and white. The phone rings, a letter gets slid under the door. It says, take my call. It's an envelope. And inside is a picture of Lenny smiling shirtless, looking rough. This is where I'm like, whoa, okay, what, what, yeah. what, what's mm-hmm. happening here? Yeah, uh-huh. Back to color. Lenny's at a bar. He gets a drink. An old man is laughing. Natalie is the one that gives him the drink. We get quick flashes of Lenny's wife behind the plastic opening. She's opening her eyes in these flashes. And Lenny goes to drink again, and Natalie's like, hey, no, 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 I'll, I'll get you a new drink. So black and, we get another black and white scene where Lenny answers the phone. Back to color. So what's it, it, before you keep going, what's really interesting. And this isn't just by the cadence that you're, that you're telling the story, but the way in which the way in which the story is actually told the, the transitions between black and white and colored sequences get much faster as mm-hmm. time goes. And I think that's really interesting just because the transition from scenes, it gets more, more it feels more frantic it feels Mm -hmm. like as things get more intense and as you start to piece together more and more stuff stuff starts to move faster and faster and faster Mm -hmm. in that these transitions between like the like the phone calls in black and white and the colored scenes like it's just it just becomes so much quicker which i think is really interesting and really cool just Mm -hmm. just the fact that the movie as as the puzzle 
becomes clearer or the picture becomes clearer, whatever your metaphor wants to be, things things move at a quicker pace, which is just oh, chef's kiss. Yeah, and it definitely helps to like because when we first start, it's kind of like, whoa, 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 what's going on? But then yeah, as exactly. the but like we as the movie goes on, we become more comfortable with the with the structure and the way that this movie is organized. Exactly. And it's it's just making it be like, okay, mm-hmm. so now now we're with the, the movie, flow of it. Now we understand the what's movie, going on. It is again, this is another thing. So long as you treat your audience like kindly about it, you can do kind of wild things. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you can do kind of wild stuff. You don't need to like uh, you don't need to handhold them forever, but you also can't just leave them to the leave them to the fishes. Like mm-hmm. you have to sit there and find a meet, middle ground where it's you can introduce that choppiness and that sort of non chronological order so long as you give the audience time to get used to it, which is mm-hmm. perfect. Perfect. Again, the main lesson you can one of the main lessons you can learn from this movie is trust your audience. We're smarter mm-hmm. than we look, guys. We can exactly, pop- exactly. If it's you give not, us good art, we'll give y'all a chance. Exactly. It's not. It's not. It's not like the uh, the old the old saying when you're writing, where it's pretend like your audience has no idea what you're talking about or mm-hmm. isn't intelligent or whatever whatever the old saying is. Does not apply to filmmaking. Act like your audience knows what you're, what knows what knows how to follow things, mm-hmm. and then follow through with that. Mm-hmm. It's a nice it's a nice balancing act between like showing like showing too much and then let, letting the audience figure things out themselves. Mm-hmm. It, again, exactly. Just, just find that balance, guys. Mm-hmm. So back in color, Lenny looks at a coaster. It's a letter written just like, hey, come after Natalie. Lenny enters the bar and he talks to Natalie. She doesn't know who Lenny is. So this is is their first meeting. So apparently Natalie's boyfriend knows who Lenny is. Nana's like, hey, did did Teddy send you? Natalie is like, okay, why are you here? And Lenny's like, hey, I found this in my pocket. And Natalie pours a beer. And he's explaining his, he already explained his condition to Natalie and she's like, oh, yeah, I think I remember hearing about you. So Natalie pours a beer. This old guy sitting in the corner spits in it. And Natalie tells Lenny, like, hey, spit in this. And then Natalie spits in it. And then Lenny sits down in the booth. And then Lenny and she gives Lenny the beer that everyone spit into. So, again, you look back on another scene like, oh, I know why that old guy was laughing. It's the little things that you pick up on. Yeah. So, mhm. Exactly. So back to black and white. Lenny's talking to an officer on the phone. And he's like, "I didn't tell you what happened to Sammy and his wife." Sammy's wife told Sammy to give her the shot of insulin as one final test to see if he'll remember. And he doesn't remember. So he continues to give her the shot. And there are so many other ways that you can prove your point <laughs> without yeah, right? having to give a shot of insulin it's, over and over and over again <laughs> it's this lady decided to chat to like to like test him by like double pumping insulin which 
like like a video game character like stacking potions before or like or like like healing items before they go into a fight they're just like let me double pump the insulin that's a good way to test it like like god so, no i know this this is this is a bad idea i'm sure there are other ways that you can do this so you know what happens she like sammy you know continues to pump her up with the insulin so yeah she dies all because sammy kept giving her the shot and Lenny's like hey i was wrong about sammy and it's here where we see something pretty cool we get a shot of sammy sitting in a chair and then a person walks by like a like a nurse or a doctor or something it doesn't really matter walks in front of the camera blocks sammy's view and then as this person passes, we see Lenny sitting in the chair. And then we cut away. It's like it's a like a like less than a half a second. Oh, it is a it, yeah, it is a split second. And you're like, what, what, what the you're like, what the fuck was that? Like, what does this mean? We're like, doesn't matter. Going back to going back to color now. So Lenny is burning rubber to go get a tattoo. I mean, I I know people who are like that, and quite frankly, I want another tattoo. Maybe not this bad. Hell yeah. But, yeah. So Lenny's in this tattoo shop. Teddy comes in and is like, hey, shouldn't you be up north? And Lenny is getting a license plate number tattooed on him. Teddy's like, hey, we got to get you out of here. The bad, the bad cop is looking for you. And Teddy knows about, you know, the cop slipping notes to Lenny. Teddy says Jim, uh, Jimmy Grant is the drug dealer and the cop wants to know more. Teddy's basically like, hey, I snitched on Jimmy. Lenny's not listening. And he's telling like, hey, like he's not just not listening to him at all. Lenny looks at Teddy's picture again, and on the back he sees Don't Believe His Lies. And then he also finds the coaster with Natalie's name on it and a burned picture. We'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. So Lenny dips out of this window, gets in his car, and heads to the bar. So Natalie sees Lenny pull up and says, Hey, Jimmy. And leans in like, oh, sorry, I, I thought you were someone else. Now we're back at the bar. Black yep. and white. So apparently, Jimmy Grant, like as they're talking on the phone, we find out that Jimmy Grant is it deals drugs out of the bar where Natalie works. So Lenny finally leaves his room in these black and white section because the cop says he's in the lobby. So Lenny packs up, leaves the room. And in the lobby, we see... Teddy is our cop. Mm-hmm. And Lenny calls him Officer Gamel. What does this mean? So Lenny and Teddy, they walk. And Lenny takes Teddy's picture. Teddy says he's undercover and to call him Teddy and not John. So Teddy gives Lenny an address and Teddy tells Lenny, like, hey, go make him beg. So Lenny drives his truck out. And it's here where I was like, wait a second, he's not wearing a nice shirt. But he's like wearing like jeans a vest and a flannel like not the stuff that we've seen him wear you know yeah throughout this whole Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. so lenny leaves his car walks through like a like a dark hall with a tire iron like he's about to i don't know fucking fight leatherface in the remake or some shit (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) hell yeah leatherface pops around the corner and it's just uh guy pierce first no we're not going down that rabbit hole um And Tony Romo's in the back. No, no, no. We're killing. No, we're, we're not actually killing. Tony. No, we're not killing Tony Romo. We are killing that bit about Tony Romo. Tony Romo, count your days. <laughs> count your days. We're coming for you. 
So Lenny's looking through these different rooms, flashes of his wife. He sees Jimmy's car drive up. And Jimmy's calling out for Teddy. Jimmy sees Lenny. Jimmy apparently knows Lenny. And he wants to like, yo, where's Teddy? Lenny hits Jimmy. Lenny tells Jimmy to strip. I don't want to get blood on your clothes. Lenny wants to get revenge on Jimmy for killing his wife. Lenny wants his life back, and it's all rah, rah, rah. So Lenny strangles Jimmy, takes a picture of Jimmy, and changes into his clothes. And as he's looking at this picture, we transition back to color, like a like a cross dissolve into color. We're now at the middle point. So Lenny's wearing Jimmy's clothes and gets situated with the photos and shit. Lenny's dragging mm-hmm. Jimmy's body. And Jimmy, he he just mutters, Sammy. Lenny is confused by this. He's like, wait, wait, wait a second. How, how do you know Sammy? Lenny's like, oh my God, what have I done? So Teddy comes to the warehouse and Lenny is like, hey, I, I, need, I need you to help. Teddy comes to check on Jimmy and says that he's dead. And Lenny hits Teddy over the head. Teddy says Lenny's name, which he, he, he didn't say in this sequence yet. He was just like, hey, I'm Officer Gamble. I'm going to go take care of this situation. So Teddy's like, hey, I'm the guy that helped you find him. Lenny's like, no, no, J- Jimmy's not the guy. He's like, why, would he, why was he bringing $200,000? And it's all one big conspiracy where Teddy was like, I wanted half of that $200,000. And then mm-hmm. it gets talking about Sammy Jenkins. Apparently, Sammy was just a metaphor for Lenny's real life. They apparently Sammy was a con man, didn't 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 actually, you know, quote unquote, exist like like Lenny remembers him. So Lenny and his wife survived the incident. And then Lenny killed his wife with the shot, with a diabetes shot. Mm -hmm. What what a twist. It is. Oh, it would make M. Night Shyamalan envious of how clever and genius it is. And that, But that's also the, the genius of this movie, because it's told the way that it's told this. Twi- like this twist is like one of, is the like, you know, we're close to the end of the movie. But if this was told chronologically, it wouldn't have hit as hard. No, it wouldn't have. It's 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 fantastic. Like every. Honestly, you can't sit there and in in my granted, there are very tiny things like minuscule things mm-hmm. that ultimately have no bearing on the movie that I personally would have changed. But then again, it has no bearing on the movie. It has no weight. The thing about this is that it's like all of the structure that is important to the movie is fantastic and cannot be put in different in in a different manner or used in a different way everything is so meaningful and has such purpose and is just so well crafted that i'm just that i as a viewer am just left sitting there going like oh my god what like you're like oh my god i wasn't expecting that like it's such a left turn it's fantastic yeah and each scene with this movie is important like Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you, if, for you longtime listeners, you guys kind of know at the pace that we go to, we'll stop and crack jokes for a few minutes about one thing and, you know, do our whole Tony Romo bit or Nick Cage bit. But mm-hmm. with this movie, every scene 
is important to the bigger picture. So that's why I feel like it's important like say, hey, this black and white scene happens. Here's what is said. Because even if it's just like a little line, that is important. It is, it, like it you go is. back and you're like, wait, I, he was referring to Sammy Jenkins here. And then mm-hmm. we see a flash of him there. And we're like, it all, it all it's, intertwines so nicely. Everything is a blink and you'll miss it moment in this movie. All of the dialogue is tight. There is no fluff or fil- filler or anything that you're like, I could trim that down here. I could... I could remove that there. It's all so necessary that you're like, you're like, I, I got nothing. It, it needs to be here. Like has to be here. Mm-hmm. Cause it, cause if it doesn't like, if you don't start where you begin, if we don't start with Teddy saying Lenny or uh, Lenny finding the coaster with the um, bars address. So if you take any one of those things out, it's 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 not it's not the same it's not the yeah, same thing it's exactly. not the same movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly it's everything has meaning which is just so damn good we could gush about this forever good we Lord. could gu- we could gush about this forever but let's 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 get through this movie and then we'll gush about uh, gush about some things so teddy's like hey jimmy was the right guy to you and teddy's like hey listen we have this whole thing that we've done you know the killing of Jimmy Grants or John G. We've done this before. We killed the real John G like year like a year ago or years ago. But you didn't remember. And I believed you. I helped you. I was the cop assigned to your case, but you don't remember. So then they they did. They killed the original John G. That's what the picture was for that got slipped underneath um the door in the motel room with Lenny standing there shirtless like looking at just as happy as can be mm-hmm. and he's like nothing ever sticks even like chef's kiss so Teddy does exposition he's like you wanted to find John G there are hundreds of John G's hell I'm even a John G my mom calls me Teddy and Teddy is just so frustrated with Lenny right now Lenny's like hey I should mm-hmm. I should just kill you but then Lenny just doesn't listen and he walks away and he goes to his car. And this is when Lenny starts doing an internal monologue. And this is when he also writes, don't believe his lies on the back of the picture of Teddy. And he burns the rest of the pictures. He's just getting rid of the evidence. And to him, it's just not going to exist. So Lenny writes down his next tattoo is Teddy's license plate. He's going to hunt down Teddy to make himself happy. So then Lenny takes Jimmy's car and Teddy's like, yo, what the fuck? Len- Lenny dips. Teddy's looking for his keys because Lenny just fucking threw them. So Lenny monologues in his head. He's like, I have to believe that when my eyes are closed, the world is still there. And we get flashes of Lenny and his wife. Mm-hmm. And in this one flash that we get, I did, I did want to mention because it's Lenny lying with his wife. And you can see that he still has the tattoos on his body and on his chest, there's the tattoo of I have done it. And I'm like, okay, like, is this just like a a dream that he's having? Is his wife actually still alive? Mm -hmm. What's what's like, is it, is there an underlying meaning to it? Like Mm -hmm. what, like, what is this? So, yeah. So Lenny burns rubber outside of the tattoo shop and then we, that's it. That's the movie. 
that's that's, that's the, the whole that's the whole damn thing. Not not a whole lot of jokes with this with this podcast, Mike. No, there's there's no see see. This is the same thing that we did with uh that we did with Pig, where mm-hmm. it was like whereas the the movie was so good that I did that I I we we obviously granted we're not. <laughs> No, nothing is sacred here. We're willing to crack jokes, don't Mm-mm. we? We did, but honestly, like this is just viewers. We love Drive. We love Drive. Drive is a magical movie. It's fantastic. Yes, I Daddy. Always, I always encourage people to go watch it. This is like an art. This is this is where it's. This is. I've always had a distinction in my head. There are movies, and then there are films. Mm-hmm. And then past films, there's art. This is the this is where a movie stops being a movie and starts being a film. Mm-hmm. Where you sit there, you take what you just saw at the movie, you turn to your friends, and you go, "Okay, what the hell happened?" Like that's that is that is that is what this movie is. This feels like baby's first steps into like real honest to god filmmaking it's so perfect so great so fantastic it doesn't hold your hand it leaves a lot of stuff open to do to like discussion and speculation perfect love it love it love it yeah i i mean i i remember this being one of the like one of the first necessary viewings Mm-hmm. Of like me getting into wanting to make movies because yeah, you know exactly. I, I'd heard about this and I was like I, okay okay Christopher Nolan I saw Inception I saw The Dark Knight I was like let me see what else this guy can offer and guys you are absolutely not going to be disappointed <laughs> with yeah. Memento Go- watch Memento oh my god even though you've watch already it. like made it through this podcast and you're gonna know what like you know what happens in it still go watch it. Because I, like we yeah. said, you're gonna you're gonna pick something up with it. Like this movie it, mm-hmm. is an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. It is this is this movie, like just just like what my co-host said, I guarantee you, you may have gone through this and gone, well, I already know what happened, so I don't need to no, no, that is wrong. Go watch it, go watch it, go watch it. It is you will find something that makes you go wait hold up what happened and then there will be a payoff at a later point in the movie follow follow natalie's storyline follow dodd's storyline follow teddy's storyline follow fucking bert's storyline let's (laughs) just there's so many people in this that just all have really fascinating characters and every single part of this movie is so worth it that I just, yeah, no, high, highest praises. Uh, guys, absolutely. Please, for the love of God, do yourself a favor and go and go check this one out. But I think that does it for this episode. The Mess Up at Midnight, what, Hangover Month? I don't know, Hangover, hang, hangover Couple of Weeks? I don't know how long hang, we're going to be hangover, doing this. Yeah, I think, uh, you know what I say? I say, I think we have one more in us. One more Hangover, one more Hangover Month. One more, one, one more hangover movie, and then we're back to we're we're back to business, baby. We're back, we're back to it. You guys need to give us like some credit because we watched every single Texas Chainsaw movie. We need a break, <laughs> this is, guys. This is wait, you know what? I is like I, I so funny. So many great conversations with 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 my co-host just sitting there going, 
hey man we we can we please watch like one or two good movies i i really need it and then me going you're not gonna believe this but i think the exact same thing i will go crazy if i can't watch a good movie same wavelength guys we've been doing this for a while we're we're mm -hmm. like you guys can't see this but i'm interlacing my fingers we're we're like this absolutely absolutely we're it's like it's like i'm just i'm just doing the uh the uh pterodactyl like not the pterodactyl what is it the uh predator handshake between danny glover and uh schwarzenegger i prefer to pterodactyl if they had a handshake in that but they don't all right guys well yeah that does it for this episode go follow us on instagram twitter subscribe to our youtube channel do all that shit and uh, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, what do you got? What do you got to leave? What do you have to leave people with today? You never, never trust a man named Teddy. Mm-mm. Never trust a man named Teddy. Don't trust Teddy. Listen to Bert. That's all I got to say. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll see y'all next week when we talk about another good movie. Oh, yeah. can't wait.